thanks for checking out this message from Springmount Church. For more information about us and what we do, visit our website, springmount.church. Why not check out all the different groups that run throughout each week in Barrow and on Walney? And join us every Sunday from 11am at Salt House Pavilion in Barrow Infernos. If you would like us as a church to pray for you, please email prayer at springmount.church or sign up on our website for monthly news straight to your inbox. So, we've been uh, looking at Haggai, and uh, there's two chapters in Haggai, there's four prophecies if you like, and one and three echo each other, two and four echo each other. So there's things that we hear today that we've sort of already covered in chapter one, but... I want to ask you, there's a few things in that passage that you'll be like, what? Who carries meat around in their clothes? That's a bit weird, isn't it? But we'll come to that in a moment. Does good make up for bad? There's a question. Does good make up for bad? What do you think? Yes? No? Yes? Okay. Let me ask you another question in a different way. If you had a pint of milk that's gone off, do you put fresh milk in with that bad milk? Corey, yes. Okay. (laughs) That explains a few things. But generally, no, you don't. Because actually, just because that fresh milk is good, it will not in any way, shape or form make up for the sour milk that's gone off. Let me ask you another question. And in the church, we do like a bit of repentance and confession, don't we? Who's been caught speeding? Oh, there's so many. That's why you're in church, okay? There's some surprises there. Shall I ask you to put the hands up? We can all have a. We can all turn around and be very judgmental. We're a church that welcomes this morning, okay? It doesn't matter what you've done. It doesn't matter. And there's proof. There's about 75% of the church congregation been on speed awareness courses. Unbelievable. I've not been caught. Ah, <laughs> uh, yet, yeah. But you know, when you, when you ever get caught speeding, you're often tempted to think, when you're stuck in that traffic jam and you need to be somewhere, you're ever tempted to think, well, I was only going 20 miles an hour back there, surely now I can like go over it to average it out. Anyone think that? Yeah? I think that quite often. I think, well, you know, if they stopped me at 70 in a 50 zone, well, I was only going 20 in the 50 zone before, so actually, you know, surely that's okay, officer, you know, maybe. But good in those cases doesn't outweigh the bad. And this third vision of Haggai comes another two months after last week's vision that we saw. And if you were away, we didn't manage to record the audio or the video, but I have recorded a synopsis in my office. If anyone wants to see a brief overview of last week's service, let me know and I'll email it to you. But firstly, we see three Ps in this second chapter. We see a problem. Then we see the priority. There's always a priority because the series is called Prioritize. What are we prioritizing? What are we putting in first? What's the most important that we can't leave out? And finally, we see the potential and a promise. So first of all, we see the problem. We see the problem. The problem is God is still saying this people and this nation. We said that implies distance. Two months after a new fresh start has been made, there is still a reminder that things are still not quite right. 
There is a reminder that although they've gone back to doing that work, they've come back to that situation, things at the heart are still not quite right. Or maybe there's even been a slip back into some of the old habits that they'd realized they needed to change. God says to them, does good make up for bad? Or does bad make up for good? Let me ask you another way. Is holiness contagious? No. Is unholiness contagious? Yes. If you, there's a few people away safe with COVID, and uh, if I was healthy and I coughed in your face, it doesn't stop you from having COVID or flu. But if I came to you and I had flu and I coughed in your face, it definitely will have a problem, won't it? So can you see, that's the question God is asking. Haggai uses an illustration that they would all understand. And we read it today and go, what? What on earth are people doing carrying meat in their clothes? You know, maybe it's like a pocket pizza, you know, for you. Who knows? What are they doing carrying this thing? Well, it was to do with the priests. Maybe we hear that today and we think, well, that's so unhygienic. Or if you're American, unhygienic. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Unhygienic. Or messages about dead bodies. You know? Well, Steph, who you've seen stood up here, shared a picture after the weekend. I'm going to put it up. I've got rid of some of the writing. It's not a picture of you. Don't panic. And that's the picture. Now, you might not be able to see it. Can we just flick the lights off quickly? Just at the front, just so you can see it clearly. Okay, thanks, Jake. Because at the moment, it doesn't look like anything. Okay, there we go. You can see what that picture is. That is the picture, and it was brilliant that you shared it, Steph, because I thought, superb, I'll use that. Look at that picture. There we see what was a healthy pair, and it's been impacted by the rottenness next to it. Not the other way around, doesn't work the other way around. It's a perfect illustration. This is what Haggai is saying to the people. Does good make up for bad? Does bad make up for good? Does bad impact on good? Yes, it does. God was saying to the people, you've made some changes. You can flip the light on. You know I've seen it. That's fine. You've made some changes and some good is happening, but actually there is still stuff going on that you need to get rid of. Or put right, yeah? That's what Haggai is saying. Chapter 1, seek first the kingdom of God and everything else will be added. That's what he's saying again. Seek first. They've started to rebuild. They've started to get their priorities in order. But there is still something not quite right. And ultimately, God says, it will be better without those things. Who would rather have the pear that was healthy, yeah? Nobody wants to eat rotten pears, do they? It's saying everything is tinged with the stuff that's not great. Everything is impacted by the stuff that isn't good. That's the message that God is saying. Yes, you've restarted. Brilliant. There's no condemnation, but come on, there's better. There's better. There's better. Peter had a lot to say on this subject. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 13 to 16 says this, Therefore, with minds that are alert and fully sober, set your hope on the grace to be brought to you when Jesus Christ is revealed at his coming. As obedient children, do not conform to the evil desires you had when you lived in ignorance. But just as he who called you is holy, so be holy in all you do. For it is written, be holy 
because I'm holy. There's a challenge. That's the challenge that God is giving through Haggai to the people. You've got to get holy. Get right and stay right. Get rid of the stuff that causes the rotten fruit. Get rid of the things that impact on the good that's there. Later on in 1 Peter, it says, as you come to him, chapter 2, verses 4 to 5. 1 Peter, chapter 2, 4 to 5. Get it in the right order. As you come to him, the living stone, rejected by humans, but chosen by God and precious to him, you also, like living stones, are being built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. Be holy as I am holy, Peter says. We're living stones, building on the cornerstone of Jesus, echoing the building of God's temple. We're living stones built and building for Jesus. That's the message. That is the message today. And Haggai tells the people to check with the priests. Don't just take my word for it. Check with the priests. And that's who they ask. There is accountability. Who has somebody that they're accountable to? Not a lot of us, maybe. But sometimes it's worth sharing our journey because we can help each other. Proverbs talks about a friend picking one another up and a cord of three strings being stronger than a cord of two or one. That's a friend in you and God in the center. Accountability is a good thing. And it just means being honest. Haggai says, check with the priests. This wasn't just a discussion for Haggai to tell the people and to have it in isolation. They were to come into line with trusted counsel. So what are your big issues? And I don't mean the magazine. What are your big issues in life? What things regularly affect you? Generally speaking... The things that affect most people in the world are money, status, drink, drugs, and sex. Those are the five things in some way, shape, or form that particularly affect people, or even just relationships. Those are the things that can have an impact, like that pair with the good pair. It can have an impact. I remember one Christmas, a few of us young adults went carol singing around the nursing homes of Manchester, and we were from quite a strict church up, up. I'm struggling this morning. We were from quite a strict church background. And we went to one of these nursing homes and sang some carols. And then the lady who managed the nursing home came out with this tray full of glasses of sherry. Quite why they thought a load of 18, 19 year olds would be interested in sherry. Although having said that, we were all like, oh, hey. And actually, they came out with this tray full of sherry. You know, that was a really kind-hearted gesture. But the youth leader that took us immediately went, no, 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 and sent them away. <laughs> and I think some of us as teenagers were a bit like, <laughs> and you know what? We knew all the Bible verses that could back us up. You know, we knew, we knew all the things we could say that would justify it. You know, there followed a whole debate in the cars as we traveled on. If Jesus wanted to turn water into Vimto, he could have done. <laughs> you know, that was one we always used to use. You know, if Jesus wanted to do that, then he would have done. You know, Paul tells Timothy to take a little wine for his stomach. What's wrong with us having a glass of sherry? It's not, certainly, I was 18 year olds drinking sherry, but we're next to smoking jackets and gentlemen's clubs oh not that sort anyway let's go on oh yeah oh yes I was thinking more Sherlock Holmes and those sort of things anyway young adults on the front row distracting me okay 
We knew all the verses and the theology that would back us up. We knew all the things that we could turn to that would say, I can justify this behavior because. And actually, we got it wrong. We should have been accountable to our youth leader, which we were because he told us we couldn't. And he wisely didn't let us young people go down this route of, well, if they're not having while well, I'll have theirs, and gradually getting worse and worse as the night went on. It could have ended dangerously for some. And it might seem like nothing to many of us, but it actually would have opened a door for some that actually you've been given permission by somebody you respect. And sometimes we need to be so careful. Ephesians chapter 5, verses 15 to 20, I'm going to read it from the message version says this, because in Haggai it keeps saying, give careful thought, give careful thought. And we thought about that last two weeks ago. Ephesians 5 verses 11 to 20 in the message version says, so watch your step. We'll go back to to verse 15, uh, Tabby, it's a bit further on, sorry. It's hard in the message version. So watch your step. Use your head. Make the most of every chance you get. These are desperate times. Would we agree? That's good advice, isn't it? Watch your step. Use your head. We're living in dangerous times. Verse 17 says, don't live carelessly, unthinkingly. Make sure you understand what the master wants. In other words, make sure we recognize what God wants. Stop trying to justify ourselves and stop trying to make the excuses that will fit in with how we want to live. We need to know what God wants. It goes on to say this, and this is just one area. Don't drink too much wine. That cheapens your life. Instead, drink the Spirit of God. Huge drafts of him. Sing hymns instead of drinking songs. Sing songs from your heart to Christ. Sing praises over everything. Any excuse for a song to God the Father in the name of our Master, Jesus Christ. This isn't meant to be condemnatory this morning. It's saying, what does God say? He says, don't get drunk. (laughs) And he goes on to talk about things in other relationships. He talks about sex. He talks about money. He talks about power. And he talks about humbling ourselves when it's called about power. He talks about giving careful thought to our lives. He talks about uh, one, one relationship being right. Don't live carelessly. And we've heard from Steph and Mel this morning who went away and drank huge drafts of the Lord Jesus. What a difference that made. When they went, there was a a recognition of feeling empty. But as they went to him, they were filled. You know, this passage in Ephesians is quite clear on what Paul thinks is careful thinking and pure and blameless. This isn't about guilt and shame. This is about drawing a line and leaving the past behind. Whatever's been done can't be changed. This is about saying that way wasn't right, but this way I'm going to go forward. Haggai was saying through God, he was, God was saying through Haggai even, you've started, but you need to get right. You need to get rid. You need to stop those things that are going to be like that bad pair because the good doesn't just outweigh the bad. It, the bad impacts the good. And so what is it that God has been saying to you over and over again? No more. No more. Draw the line. Step over it and stop dragging the past into the future. Draw the line and move on and get rid of that stuff that has impacted you. Use the past as a reference point so that you never go back there. 
Use the past as a map. Get help. Be accountable. Stand together and stand in Christ. Be holy because he is holy. That's what it says. There is only one way. And then give careful thought. We heard that phrase two weeks ago. And the problem four months on from two weeks ago is that everything offered that is good is being affected by something that at its core is not good. Still putting distance between us and God, this people, that people, instead of my people. God is saying, come on, there's more, there's better. Stop trying to justify the bad and recognize that we are justified in him. The word justified, a simple way to remember what it means is, God makes us justified, just if I'd not sinned. Justified, never gone wrong. That's what God makes us through Jesus. He makes us right. He justifies us. Yet we're spending all our energy and all our time justifying ourselves. Trying to make excuses and go, well, actually, if I fit this in here, it'll be okay. Shoehorning God into our lives instead of saying, God, I need you to be in control. I need you to be right. He makes us just as if I'd never sinned. Be holy as I'm holy. You can draw the line and start today. Whether you've been a Christian for many, many years, or whether you've been a Christian not long, or whether you're not a Christian, God says you can draw the line today. You can draw the line today. And the bad will stop impacting the good. The bad will stop impacting the good. It says talk to others. They talk to the priests. They were accountable to the priests. They said, what do you think about this? About this meeting the garments, touching things, and dead bodies and all that. Who do you know that's trustworthy that you can talk to? Somebody who is further on in their journey than you. Because the danger is if we get together with other like-minded people, that actually doesn't always work. There's a verse in the Bible that says iron sharpens iron. Yeah, we know that, don't we? Yeah? Yes, thank you. Okay. Honest, I don't think I was that boring this morning. Iron sharpens iron. Those two types of iron have to be different for it to work. Yeah, okay? Did you, not, did you know this? Iron sharpening iron, it can't be the same sort of iron. It doesn't sharpen. It has to be different types of iron. Iron ore and iron pure. There we go, that was good, wasn't it? Off the top of my head. But the two types sharpen each other. So can you see, if we just surround ourselves with constantly like-minded people, we'll just become like those people. When Haggai and God say, become more like him. Be holy because he is holy. Yeah? Yeah, we try and justify ourselves with our mates instead of justifying ourselves with God. That's what this verse is on about. We might have started well, but come on, there's better. There's better. The problem at the beginning is he sets us free and makes us holy, but we stay sat in the mess-ups of the past. We stay sat where we've always been, and we refuse to move because we want it that way, as the Backstreet Boys once said. We want it that way. We stop moving forwards and towards him. There is the problem here. These people are still not giving careful thought. They're still not giving careful thought to their ways. What are we giving careful thought to today? And what are we sweeping under the rug? What are we allowing to let go? Because it's just easier. Or because it makes us feel better in the short term. You know, I've got a mug that was given to me that says, do more of what makes you happy. I think that's really bad advice. Because I, I, I'm quite happy when I eat cake. <laughs> but actually, it doesn't make me happy in the long run. It might make me happy in the short term. 
But actually, God says, fix your eyes on him. The problem is we've stopped giving careful thought. The second thing is we have a priority. We have a priority. And in this passage, it says, build the right foundation. I've not talked, a while, I've not talked for very long about my chemistry degree for a while. But chemistry frustrated me. It frustrated me because you did your GCSEs, then you went to A-level, and on the first day of A-level, the teacher said, forget what you learned at GCSE, it was all a load of nonsense. This is what we're going to do, the same again, but in different detail. Then the first day at university, they say, forget what you did at A-level, it wasn't actually, strictly speaking, correct. So then you go over the same thing, and you're thinking, what? What am I going, what, why have I gone through all this? You know, everything kept changing. And obviously that's why I decided to teach music, because the foundations of chemistry just kept shifting. <laughs> the priorities kept changing. You know, whereas music, I had good foundations. My mum forced me to sit at that piano and do my practice. She sat next to me and made me do it, and I'm very grateful to her. But because I practiced... I get better at scales, I get better at playing tricky pieces, I get better at playing the notes. You might not agree, but hey, before Joel says anything, you might not agree. But if I practice, I get better, and the foundations remain the same. The foundations remain the same. And yet sometimes we're living with shifting foundations. Do you know Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever? That is a foundation that will never shift. That will never move. He is the rock that we can build on. Jesus didn't come to abolish the law, but he came to complete it. He came to complete it because it's grace. By his grace we're saved. In Haggai 2 verses 15 to 17 in the message it says this, Think back before you set out to lay the first foundation stones for the rebuilding of my temple. How did it go with you? In other words, before you made that fresh start, how was it? Steph said this morning, before the weekend, it was empty. She'd taken her eyes off Jesus. She'd taken her eyes off God. Things weren't quite right. Isn't it true that your foot-dragging, half-hearted efforts at rebuilding the temple of God were reflected in a sluggish halfway return on your crops? Half the grain you were used to getting, half the wine. I hit you with drought and blight and hail. Everything you were doing got hit, but it didn't seem to phase you. You continued to ignore me. <laughs> God's decree. Can you hear that? Before the foundation for rebuilding was put in place, it was half-hearted foot dragging. That's a good description, isn't it? And what was the result? What was the fruit of that half-heartedness? A half-hearted blessing. A half-hearted return. Something that wasn't great. It was reflected in the results of life. You know, when we don't fix our eyes on God, it will be reflected in our lives. When we try and justify ourselves, it will be reflected in the results of life. Yet when we build and fix our eyes on Jesus, that too will be reflected in life, in contentment and satisfaction. It's not the angels, by the way, that's Sunday school, I'm guessing, playing some music. But even when things weren't great, God says, you still kept ignoring me. Is that what we're like today? We press on down our own little path no matter what. I'm going to keep going a bit like one of those lorry drivers with a dodgy sat-nav. I am going to keep going because that's where my sat-nav's telling me to go. Bang, you're stuck underneath the bridge. I saw a, 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 a lorry outside this, this church a few months ago that had tried to come under that bridge at quite high speed and it just bounced back and turned over. 
But he was determined to come that way because that was where the sat-nav was taking him. Maybe your sat-nav is wrong. And we need to start listening to God instead of the internal justification. Are we ignoring God even though things are dissatisfying? Are we ignoring God even though things just aren't quite right, that things are disappointing? Maybe we think that the good in our life will outweigh the bad. Maybe we think that pouring the good milk in on a Sunday morning will outweigh some of the rubbish in the week. God says, get rid of the rubbish. Just have the fresh. Just have the fresh. Stop pouring the fresh into the bad. Just have the fresh. Get rid of the old and start with the new. But some of those habits we have will impact on everything that we want to do, to be, or to give. This week's weather has been pretty horrendous, hasn't it? Would we agree? Anyone lost a trampoline? Anyone gained a trampoline? No? <laughs> a greenhouse? I saw some people having a race on skateboards with bags, with carrier bags. That was quite impressive, that. But this week's weather has been horrendous, and life can feel just like that sometimes, can't it? That you're buffeted, that you don't know what's going to come next, that you're worried that everything's just going to fly off and fall down. But give careful thought to how things were when the foundations aren't right. And give careful thoughts to how things are when the foundations are right. Give careful thought to what it's like when Jesus is first. Doesn't mean you might not lose a few trampolines in the wind, but it does mean he'll help you get them back again. It does mean he's in the storm with you. You know, we come home from weekends away, like Mel and Steph have said. Who went on weekend away? Just give us a, a, a whoop. Okay. This isn't going to work if you don't follow instructions. <laughs> yeah, when God says, make a fresh start and focus on me, that's why you're going wrong. Because when I said, give us a whoop, that's not a whoop, right? Who went away on the weekend away? Give us a whoop. Okay. A bit better. But we come home for weekends away and weeks away and festivals, spending time with God, and without exception there is usually a positive spring in our step and a recommitment in our lives. And things seem better, even if we're coming back to the same circumstance. Am I right? Even when you're coming back to the mess you left behind, things have changed. What's changed? You've spent your weekend fixed your eyes on God. And yet we come home and we ignore what he's been saying. Just like I say, give us a whoop and you put your hand up. It's pretty much sums it up. Usually, even if we're coming home to difficult situations, we've heard that be strong encouragement that you get at the gym, but we've also put God first. So why do we come home and stop doing that? Well, we make excuses. We justify things. We go, well, it's not as easy. I've got the kids. Oh, it's not as easy. I've got my husband to sort out. Oh, it's not as easy. I've got my wife to sort out. Got to for fairness. It's not as easy. I've got work. It's not as easy. I've got crisis. It's not easy, but it's worth it to keep your eyes on him, to have your foundation firm. If I said to you, what do you want? You've heard the saying, be careful what you wish for, yeah? King Midas is a brilliant example. Do you know who King Midas was? Yeah? What did he wish for? He wished that everything he touched turned to gold because he thought money would bring him happiness. What happened as a result of him getting his own way? He turned his wife into gold. Well, some people might go, result. You know, some people. 
Ros, you're worth your weight in gold. Okay, there you go. <laughs> but that's the truth, isn't it? He got what he wished for, but it wasn't good. And yet so often we're kicking off at God because we're not getting what we want. What if what we want is the same as King Midas? What if what we want is everything we touch turned into rubbish? When actually we've got his blessings. We've got the God of the universe available to us. And yet we go, God, I want this and then I'll follow you. God, I want this and then I'll follow you. What he wanted, he thought, would be beyond his wildest dreams. But it didn't work out, did it? Because he was doing it from a position of self. This morning, we need to do things from a position of God and others. It's not about what we want, but it's about what we need. And the passage finishes with a promise. Because what we need is God's blessing. Yeah, That doesn't mean finances necessarily, but it does mean he's with us in everything. That's God's blessing, his presence in everything we do, his visible, tangible presence. Since you started building with the right foundation, how has it been, it says? How has it been since you started? When I practice my piano, it improves. When I put the things in place to get healthy and fit, I succeed. But most importantly, when I put God at the forefront, even if things in my circumstances aren't looking great, he will bless me. He will bless me. That's the promise. That is the promise. It's a blessing, not prosperity and riches, but contentment, satisfaction, life worth living, love, peace, joy, faithfulness, depth of life. So we finish with this. The problem is the mold that we allow to get in our lives, the, the rottenness that we, we perhaps allow in. We allow lies to go unchecked. We stop listening to what God has always been saying in our relationships, in our dealings. We try to justify ourselves and our own actions when actually he is the one who justifies our lives. We remain blocked from him, separated by some of that stuff that we put in our days and weeks. And actually, he's given us a solid foundation that is Jesus. There is the priority in our life. And as a result, the potential will be realized. Quick science lesson. Do you know the difference between potential energy and kinetic energy? Yeah? No? Few of you are shaking your heads. Well, potential energy remains potential until it's pushed. If I was to get this book and go to throw it, that's got potential. But it's not going anywhere until I let go. Yeah? As soon as I let go, you ready to catch you in? <laughs> I won't throw it hard. I know it looks like, I'll tell you what, I'll do it like this. Right? Is that better? Right? It's only because I forgot to bring a ball with me. So, but a book's fine. Okay? Don't drop it. No, don't damage it. Don't, no pressure. Okay? So this is kinetic potential, sorry. Okay, right. Now it has kinetic energy because I've let go. Well done. Throw it back. There we go. Perfect. Potential means letting go. A bit like a car on a hill. A car on a hill has lots of potential energy. But if the handbrake stays on, it keeps it being potential. Doesn't become kinetic. You know, the, the dictionary definition of potential means the chance that something could develop and become real. The chance that something could develop and become real. Kinetic means moving, action, dynamic, vigorous, peppy. There you go, there's an interesting word. We all have potential for action, for dynamic witness, for vision, for peppiness. 
But if we don't take the handbrake off or let go of control, then it will remain potentially possible. Do you want to live in just potential today? No. Do you want to live actively, dynamic, moving? Give careful thought. Draw the line today on the stuff that impacts what is good, the behaviors that taint our offerings, the things that get in between us and God, whatever that may be. Stop coming along as potential and become active and dynamic with the foundations built on Jesus and allow him to be our first, our last, and our everything. Because the good isn't as good as the great. And I finish with that. The good isn't as good as the great. When we justify ourselves, it might be good, but it will never match the greatness of God. It will never match the greatness of his blessing. If we just want to bless ourselves, it won't match. This morning, what are we going to get rid of? What are we going to draw the line on? Where are we going to let go so that potential is realized and becomes active? Let's pray. Father God, I thank you this morning that you have given every single person in here the ability to do something good the ability to serve you in the way that you've designed them to be. Father God, I thank you that every person in this room has immense potential and that your word promises that you can do more than we could ever ask or imagine. So Father God, help us today, right now, to put our finger on what we need to let go of, to put our finger on what we need to step into, to put our finger on the things that we, we allow to stop us from truly fixing our eyes on you, from truly being blessed by you. Help us to put our finger on those things that just hinder us. And say, God, I don't want just good, I want great. I want great. And God's promise at the end of that passage is, he will bless you. Father God, I pray for your blessing, whatever that looks like. But I pray, Lord, for your joy, your love, your peace, your patience, your faithfulness, and all of those things. In Jesus' name, amen.